0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. amazing offers during the mercedes-benz summer event like the 2019 c-class sedan and glc suv the perfect recipes of driving performance plus you can enjoy six months of sirius xm all access included the mercedes-benz summer event now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles offers end september 3rd mercedes-benz the best or nothing
1: Welcome back in. You're listening in to the June 22nd, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions and brought to you by the folks over at FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is a writer over at 2QBs.com, Dynasty Command Center, and of course, the powerhourpod.com. Welcome to the show, the great TJ Calkins. You can find him on the tweets, at TJ
2: Calkins. Great to have you ma- uh, on the mailbag show. TJ, man, what's good? Oh, man, uh, beating the Heat. Just uh, counting down the five weeks till football.
1: Oh, my gosh, there are just five weeks left of fantasy football. This is just ridiculous, TJ. I'm going to have to double-time these best ball leagues. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys, and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbookins. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could, because at the Barnes and Noble Book Hall, you can get over a thousand titles for fifty percent off. Stock up at your local Barnes and Noble.
2: Chirurgens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. What about you? Yes, sir. I've uh, been rolling hard, I'm about a hundred twenty deep right now. Probably double that before the season starts. So that's what you call
1: dedication. And we're dedicated to answering all the fantasy football questions for the off season, dynasty trades, player and team outlooks, off season prep. You name it. TJ, before we dive right in, though, you recently dropped Volume Three. Uh, version of the Rookie Draft Guide over at the Command Center and contributed to the Fantasy Impact Analysis. So tell RB Nation where to find it and then what were your two biggest takeaways of this update from a Rookie Draft perspective?
2: Okay, uh, you can get Volume 3. Uh, I believe you can get the the uh, first two volumes as well at DynastyCommandCenter.com Volume 3 is only $2.99, so it's not a pricey, pricey thing if you want to check it out. Uh, the biggest Takeaways from between Volume Two and Volume Three, which was before and after landing spots were known. Uh, the landing spots in this class were as bad as they could get. <laughs> uh, this took a class that was pretty exciting and just made it very meh. You know that obviously wherever Saquon landed, he was going to be fine. You get the exciting landing spot for Penny, but after that. I mean, you have DJ Moore, who's pretty sure to be a contributor, but it remains to be seen if he's a star. And there are question marks on every single other prospect in this class, especially given where they are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it almost seemed like it was already elite at the top, and and then, while it was still a lead to your point, I mean, the opportunity level just kind of shrunk. So it took an already kind of top-heavy class and just really just shrunk it down to basically like one-and-a-half rounds that you really can kind of hang your hat on there. So, But, TJ, we're all about driving the content here. After all, this is a content-infused show, right? So over at the Power Hour Pod, you cats have a lot of cool stuff going on here. Really hit the scene hard last season. Tell us about what you have going on for best ball right now as we do close out these five weeks of the season. and and why people need to hit pause, go sign up for Power Hour Pod Sub now, but then, of course, return right back.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, What we have is a Best Ball subscription. It's much cheaper than any of the DFS subscriptions that Power Hour is known for. Obviously, we have the goats, Johnny and Hodge and Elliot, doing our football stuff. And I I guess you could maybe throw my name in there, too, because I do (laughs) contribute content. He's alright. He's but, pretty uh, good. He's he's pretty good. Yeah. Right? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But uh for the best ball sub, it gives you access to me and to Johnny, uh twenty four hours a day in Slack chat. It gets you both of our rankings, uh two hundred sixty or so deep. And it gets articles and it gets pods with we've already had Scott Barrett on, uh there are plans for Evan and Rich. Uh, we have a Q&A article already posted with Pat Thorman. Uh, there's a lot of big names and just super elite guys helping us out there. So uh, go on over to PowerHourPod.com and get signed up for the Best Ball Sub.
1: There it is. There it is. So we've got some great stuff coming back from the DCC and, of course, the, uh, the Power Hour Pod, the PHP, the DCC and the PHP. Uh, Yeah, you know me. Um, But really check it out. Great folks over there. Great content. Really, as we kind of wind down these last five weeks here, you're really going to want to check that out. But also, you're going to want to check out the 30% discount here on rotaviz.com. That's the NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotaviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content and oh, by the way, it supports this pod. You can also support the pod by subscribing to and rating the his channel on iTunes. Do that. You'll be eligible to win a free $35 entry to a league hosted by our friends at the FFPC. Just go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then listen to future episodes to hear if you are the winner. And also, if you're interested in being in an FFPC league with some of the Rotoviz writers and podcasters, simply email us, rotovisradio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and fire that up for you as well. And if you're a fan of this show, this show right here, and you want to sub directly to the Fancy Football Mailbag feed, please do so. It takes Hard work getting this show out every week. Do us a solid and hit that raid button. And, of course, last but not least, if you have QQs you want answered on this show, hit us up via email. Again, that's radio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get those answered for you as we air. All right, my man. TJ, let's dive in and fire up this week's QQs for the week. Here we go. Dynasty, I know I'm not supposed to sell low, but I just bought high because Martavis was high. Everyone is high. Pass it to the left. I just paid a second for him and am being offered a third. I have to wash my hands at this point, right? So, what
2: do you got on our good old pal, Martavis Blunt? You're asking the wrong guy if you're trying to sell him. That will <laughs> never, ever happen for me until they tell me his career is just never going to happen. I'll continue to buy the bogus report of the last couple of days that he's facing another suspension. Just let that panic spread some more and. Buy another share for that third instead of selling the one you have for a third.
1: So it's a gift that keeps on giving all year round, huh?
2: Yes, I mean, uh, we'll we'll get to another Martavis spot later in the later in the pot here, but I believe I have eighty nine percent exposure in my dynasty leagues. Woo! So I might I may use this opportunity to make it a hundred.
1: There you go. There you go. We're going all in, pushing our chips in. Next one. Here we go. Redraft. Are we underrating the productivity Calvin Ridley can bring to the table year one? After his combine, understandably, he fell down draft boards. Is basically just a polished guy and nothing spectacular. But if we're looking for this year's Cooper Cup, just in terms of productivity, and we look at what... um, Sanu, uh, Mohamed Sanu, was able to do. Isn't it fair to say that Ridley could actually be an arbitrage version of, say, Richard Matthews or even outproduce what we expected year one from Corey Davis? So this is interesting. I mean, I was never a Calvin Ridley fan myself here, but I mean, opportunity is opportunity. It certainly seems like he's going to get it. And, you know, of course, he, you know, older pro ready, so to speak. Right. So, I I can see the opportunity. He's cheap enough in best ball drafts that it doesn't cost you to invest in him. What what do you got?
2: Wait, is the question on Sanu or Ridley? Because
1: uh, Rid, Ridley, yeah. I mean, so uh, he was. It looks like he was okay. just using Sanu as a as an example since he was productive last yeah. season.
2: Okay, uh, you can actually get my uh, my somewhat hot take on Ridley in the DCC draft guide. He is not like a secondary receiver that was aforementioned, like Cup or Richard Matthews. He plays very small and very weak and is already a small human. Uh, he does have crisp routes. There, there's there's no denying that. But uh he will be bullied at every level in the NFL. And there is already a Julio Jones present. There's already a Sanu present. There isn't exactly a whole lot to add on to there. I mean, he probably sees very similar to what Taylor Gabriel saw. I have zero shares in best ball, and we'll, we'll end the year with zero shares in best ball, barring some crazy Julio injury or something.
1: There you have it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind if you want to have a little bit, just to dip your toes in it, but, I mean, I think... You know, and I don't know if this is on the show sheet or like, I can't remember here, but, I mean, just wait a couple more rounds and get Austin Hooper. Um, you're three tight end. Somebody's going to have to jump up here, and I think it's going to be
2: Austin Hooper there. Uh, TJ, what are your best and worst purchases you've ever made? Oh, my best was just a slew, sending a slew of third-round picks for Devontae Freeman in the summer of fifteen. That's pretty. So, <laughs> I I ended up super overexposed on Freeman, and man, what a smash that was! So I I don't know that I could ever top that, no matter what happens. And what about your worst? uh, uh it would be the similar situation, sending that for all of the Smelter, and then drafting Treadwell. Those are probably tied at the absolute worst ever. DeAndre Smelter. I don't smelter. know how much worse you I I bought it. Yeah, man. DeAndre Smelter, man. Uh, I really geez. liked him. I just so don't know what went wrong
1: there. What can you do? What can you do? I, I will say you are the first one this season so far that has taken this question and put it on fantasy football. So you you really are just living and breathing this stuff that we call fantasy football. So that's good. That's really good. Uh, best ball. Absolutely. Th- yep. Uh, thoughts on take-
2: uh, What else do we buy and sell? Are there things that we buy and sell that aren't f- player-related?
1: No, I mean, I think that was just, oh, okay,
2: good. Yeah, no,
1: <laughs> it, if it is real life, we're always going to create some sort of fancy football analogy. Anyhow, right? Like, you, you, you know, you go into your day to day job every single day, and you just kind of put your fancy football hat on. And it's like, you know, you're just learning life lessons with fantasy football. I mean, it's not the other way around. That's really how life works. Uh, every day is a trade, as they say. Um, TJ, thoughts on yeah. taking Zach Ertz or Evan Ingram in best ball drafts based on ADP? Uh, this question ha- finds himself not being enamored with the RBs in this range as they fly off the board so quick and the wide receivers. they fee- He feels like he can mine them in the sixth through the ninth round. So uh, knowing there's some pretty, you know, Good variance at the tight end position. Not sure if he should just be taking more stabs at running backs and wide receivers he doesn't really like, or is it okay to take a guy like Zach Ertz or Evan Ingram here?
2: Oh, I'm totally fine with uh, Ertz and Ingram. I I would like to see Ertz be taken after ADP. You definitely want exposure to both guys. Uh, The Ingram volume is unknown. I don't want to say it's a concern. It's just unknown with OBJ present uh, and Saquon present. I definitely have a good bit of Ingram in shorthanded drafts on play draft. I have less Ertz, but a lot of Ertz too. Uh, I Like I said, I am totally fine with Ingram at price. I would like to see Ertz go after ADP. Uh, the running backs in this range, I understand the concern. Uh, the only guy I say I want to take in the fifth, sixth round range, assuming... Penny is gone and that sort, is uh, JGI. So I am totally fine with uh, the early running backs or just waiting a little bit longer to supplement the running back core.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you there um, in terms of the tight ends. You you want some exposure. You don't want to overdo it because these are guys that, like, you basically you're calling your shot. To your point, I mean, you don't know. I mean, you're basically buying them at last year's cost. There isn't a lot of history in terms of them doing that. Is it repeatable? Uh, it probably is, you know, but I mean, you, you got to pay a lot. There's a lot of opportunity cost up there to get them. So I'm with you there to get some exposure, but don't overdo it. Uh, best ball, I seem to be drafting a lot of Mike Wallace and Quincy Anunua because they're so damn cheap. Is there another wide receiver back there I should also spread exposure with?
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I do, I do want you to still take some Wallace and still take some Anunua. Those are quality, quality late receivers. But uh, with Hunter Henry going down, I already loved Mike Williams' spot, and now his volume is just going to increase even more. I mean, we're not talking about a guy stepping into a role. We're talking about a top 10 pick who was the best receiver in his class, and he's about to explode. And with Keenan Allen present, I guess explode is a strong word. I don't want to commit myself to that. But he is highly likely to return wide receiver 3 value at a wide receiver 6 price. Another one is DJ Moore. He's likely to lead the Panthers' wide receiving core in targets. I would give him the slight edge over Funchess. I don't think it's going to be a lot of separation between the two, but for the price difference, give me DJ Moore very easily. Uh, Dante Moncrief is going to make $12 million this year, and people are acting like Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook are going to play ahead of him. Stop it. $12 $12 million. He is making $12 million this year. If nothing else, he is getting six weeks to show what he can do. And if he, he craps the bed, then he craps the bed, and it'll end up being a 17th, 18th round miss pick. But man, his price is just so incorrect right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, great points there and great names all around. It's almost like he has to take on a quasi-A-Rob type of role. I mean, they're going to need somebody to kind of be the chain mover, so to speak, there. Um, yeah, I like. it's a great take on, on Carolina, too. I mean, yeah, there's like a, what, five-round difference between Devin Funches and DJ Moore, and I like Devin Funches, I do. So, yeah, I I think that's the biggest takeaway here is if you like Funches, I mean, just spend a lot less for DJ Moore, and, and we know he can get it done. Um, Next one here, TJ, is Dynasty, Kenny Galladay. Things are heating up in camp for Kenny Galladay here, apparently, and a a second-rounder or
2: Corey Davis. I mean, I don't mind Kenny Galladay at all, and I would actually say I'm a bit higher than median on him, and I would say I'm a bit lower than median on Corey Davis, but the answer here is still a resounding give me Corey Davis. I mean, he's going to get every opportunity to be a high-volume number one in Tennessee. So there, there's just not really a question here. Uh, there would be have to be a hell of a lot added to uh, Galladay to equal Corey Davis. With you there as well. Next one here
1: is Redraft. Can you provide any clarity in the Green Bay backfield? I've been smitten for Aaron Jones, and the Pack seem to really like Williams here. And regardless, Ty Montgomery could still linger and potentially still own third down work and some early down work. I have no clue at this point. In a few best balls, I have been content taking both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the eighth, ninth, just to stake the backfield, so to speak, from a production standpoint on wide receiver strong teams. What are your thoughts? So, you know, this is interesting. I, Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't mind taking the approach of just kind of getting Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams in a best ball environment. I get it, like you're capping the overall team upside, but... You know, if you've already got a couple running backs and you just want to make sure you get somebody else or it is a wide receiver strong team, I I don't mind it. But, I mean, I'm with the question is that I don't think any of us really have a clue what they're going to do with Ty Montgomery in relation to the other two yet. What do you got?
2: With the first two, I have, I have a pretty strong stance. And that is something would have to drastically change for Aaron Jones to pass up Jamal Williams. I do believe that Aaron Jones is more a product of the fantasy football hype machine, and he was a favorite, kind of a a lower-level Devy favorite coming out almost, uh, and I don't know if I can even say Devy, but there were people who were very high on him and very, very eager to spend a late, late draft pick on him, where Jamal Williams just really didn't have that. He was more vanilla, but he also has had slash has the trust of the coaching staff, and I believe he's going to open the ears, the early down guy.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, Aaron Jones is the epitome of everything we want from a fantasy uh, web slash satellite backs, right? And and I think he showed it last year. He kind of gave us that confirmation bias. But, I mean, you know, we we know the coaching staff in Green Bay – you know they're not going to kick Jamal Williams to the side here. So I mean, if he does, to your point, if you play that specific scenario out, and Jamal is starting the season with the early down work, then it essentially means Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery are cannibalizing the third down work, and and then you're you're, you're then you're you're clearly overdrafting Aaron Jones in a vacuum.
2: Yep. I uh, I personally don't have any Aaron Jones. I have a. Sprinkle of both Williams and Timo, but I don't want to say it's the most likely outcome, but it is as likely as any that these backs all cannibalize each other and just simply don't produce a running back two of the bunch. As far as Timo, he will certainly have third down work out of the backfield. Uh, the plus for him is when you look at the wide receiving core, you have Adams and Cobb in place. They are known commodities. After them, you're looking at a Jamon Moore and a Geronimo Allison and, God forbid, an St. Brown. There is certainly some wide receiver work to be had. I could see Tymo ending up in a hybrid role and returning value, although not necessarily as a full-time running back.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good, fair take. I mean, they're just going to you know, he's going he's gonna to go on the field wherever they need him to go on the field. He did plenty of that last year. I think the, that certainly, just from a coach's perspective, brings a lot of value when you have that versatility. You can kind of line up wherever they ask you to line up. So I think that's going to kind of keep him in some sort of role. Um, you know, it just might not be very consistent. Um, the next one here is the Fuck, Mary Kill 2018, Do I Really Know What I Am Working With, Running Back Edition here. Uh, so here we go. We've got Sony Michelle, Tariq Cohen, and Rashad Penny.
2: Well, this one was very, very easy for me as far as my views of the line with these three guys. Um, I'm going to fuck Sony and get him where I can, but I'm not going to go out of my way for him. There is very, very, very much unknown on him. Uh, the last time we saw Ridley and Vereen come out of the same class to them, it was kind of disappointing. Uh, neither one really gave high-end production which could be consistently relied on. So that said, uh, it's a different player, a different situation. Uh, Sony's going to have a role. I'm just not sure what to do there. Uh, I'm going to marry Penny and stay with him forever and ever and ever. (laughs) Uh, Seattle moved to spent first-round draft capital on this guy. He compares far better as a runner to Kareem Hunt a year ago. He compares as a pass catcher and equally putrid as a pass protector. Now, what remains to be seen here in year one is if they take the Andy Reid route, and say, you know what, we know you can't block anybody, so just go ahead and run a route every time we throw the ball. And that would be just would make Penny an absolute smash hit. They say, well, we'll take you off the field, and we'll use one of these other scrubs we got. He'll still be fine. He'll be an RB2, but he won't be the Kareem Hunt from a year ago plus. Oh, and then I'm killing Tariq Cohen because I don't want my football players to weigh 140 wet and wearing boots.
1: Nicely done, nicely done. We're gonna stay in Seattle here. Next question is should my pants be at my knees or my ankles at this point? Thinking about what a uh, healthy Tyler Lockett can do, hearing he wasn't fully healthy last season. Should I worry about Brandon Marshall? So this is you know, this is the interesting one where the, the play is clearly Tyler Lockett, right? But like, is the coaching staff gonna do something predictably stupid and and give the nod to Brandon Marshall? and just kind of bring Tyler Lockett in for the three-wide receiver work, which Seattle will also predictably do some portion of the game because they're going to overrun and run and run. Back to your penny point, what do you got?
2: Uh, can I take an option C? <laughs> uh, I, I am an Amara Darbo fan. I, I am a Michigan fan, so I kind of know knew a lot more about him coming in uh, from college. I do believe Amara Darbo has as good of, if not better, chance than Marshall and Lockett to be the second wide receiver trotted out. Now, I don't know that no matter who that second guy is, is going to have a meaningful snap differential between the third and fourth guy. I think they're all going to play. The thing that's locked in is Doug Baldwin is going to dominate targets and have the highest, uh, highest volume year of his career. And he set up for a smash. And it also remains to be determined what the Vanette and Ed Dixon combo can muster up. Uh, Vanette's actually a cheap guy, worth mentioning. Take a look at him. But uh, I'm not excited about Tyler Lockett, to answer the question. I think his biggest value to the team is on special teams. He's a nice complementary piece, but he will never be a high-volume, high-output wide receiver by my view.
1: Hey, Road of His Fam, Jeremy Hart, Road of His Radio. Let me tell you about our friends over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long, high-stakes fantasy football. The fantasy draft season is heating up, and the FFPC has a format to suit interest and budget. Whether you like best ball, or super flex, or classic managed leagues, there are drafts daily with entry fees starting at just thirty-five dollars jump into a slower live draft today. If you like dynasty, the FFPC has almost 200 active dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at just $77 and going up to $2500. Here is something incredible. Not a single dynasty league has folded in 8 years. New dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching on a regular basis. Do not miss the FFPC experience, folks. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. All right, moving back in here. Here we go. TJ Redraft. Are there a couple late round uh, scat backs not on most radars that can bring more value than mid round guys like Chris Thompson and Duke Johnson brought last year?
2: Yeah, there is. Uh, I think there's a lot of substance to the Devontae Booker reports, the glowing reports lately. I was heavily into Royce Freeman, and I have not only backpedaled on Freeman, I've started taking more. Uh, he's often available into like the 14th round, so he's definitely a guy I'm targeting. If you're talking about an RB5 type, 14th, 15th, 16th, sometimes even later, Kenneth Dixon is my favorite buy. I know there was a report yesterday from a beat that projected him not to make the Ravens roster, which just seems, that's a head-scratcher to me. I just don't know what to make of that. He could certainly end up in a better place if he's cut. So that's making me pause. Uh, I just want to evaluate the situation more. But it was only about a month ago that Harbaugh had glowing praise of him. So I'm feeling pretty safe about Dixon, where he's going. And the other guy that's going very late here, and I mean, he can be your 18th round pick, and so many 4 truthers don't want to hear it, but TJ Yeldon's role is not going anywhere you are going to have a safe receiving role with Yeldon.
1: Yeah, I like that take. And, I mean, we've got the ankle issues with Forney as well. I mean, he's going to stick around. He's going to be productive. Maybe not. I don't know if I'm fully bought in like you on a consistent week-to-week basis, but I I think I'm there. I mean, we saw what he could do in the playoffs. I mean, he's just kind of had a bad beat up until that point. So definitely like that call there on Yeldon. Um, obviously it's trendy, but not trendy enough because the best ball ADP doesn't seem high enough anywhere, and Naheem Hines, add him to the list. You know, I mean, if you're willing to spread your exposure, you know, the Corey Clement types um, can certainly bring back some value there as well.
2: All right, TJ, if you could be an I hand. have one more back. Let me throw you one more back. Bring it, bring it. Uh, <clears throat> I love Jarek McKinnon. He is very in play as an RB1, but there's no way in hell Shani only uses one back and especially not only one back that's in the 205, 210-pound range, like McKinnon. So it's very probable, not possible, but probable that it's Breda that sees a lot of early down work, not so much third down work, because I'd imagine that's going to be McKinnon. I think range of pace work to the tune of 10 to 12 carries and one and a half targets a game. So at the price, uh, I'm totally fine with Matt Breda as well.
1: Yeah, you and Lipinski last week also liked Brady. I'm just in denial because, I mean, I'm still waiting on Jeremy <laughs> McNichols here, you know. I mean, it's going to happen. Jarek McKinnon early now. Don't, don't
2: forget Joe Williams is there too, man. I, <laughs> I take note of you over McNichols, I think. Oh, uh, I know. I'm
1: just, you know, I'm just reliving this Jeremy McNichols thing for the rest <laughs> of my life. Just fucking, oh, gross. What, is, oh, what are you going to do?
2: All right, uh, if you could be an animal, what would you be and why? I guess I'd just be a tiger because Charlie Sheen said just a little bit of their blood does amazing things, so I'll be a tiger.
1: (laughs) I I never heard that. I don't understand the reference. I'm going to have to.
2: Oh, he had the tiger blood thing when he was on his view rampage of craziness, so yeah i a chance'll
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll step in. I, I want to be an eagle, you know like I, I think I asked this to my kids a couple weeks ago and they said like a lion, I don't know I think one of them said a frog or something something like that but I mean just give me the, give me the ball, the eagle. just the king of the skies going where you want. And if you don't like someone, just take a crap on their shoulder. Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Dynasty. Corey Coleman or a 2019 second?
2: Um, Corey Coleman has one game in his career, and that was when he was being nearly exclusively covered by Sharice Wright. Um, I'm taking the second and not hesitating for a second on that. Antonio Callaway has been drafted as replacement, and he's a better player.
1: Oh, I'm I'm on the other side of the fence on this one too. Also in denial. I just can't quit him. I can't do it, TJ. I just I don't know. I mean, he he had the profile right. I just I to your point though. I mean, they're clearly smitten on Callaway. We just got to get Corey Coleman out of Cleveland. I think if we can do that, but you know, you're buying options to say, hey, they'll be better off somewhere else. That's probably not a good investment to make if we're thinking with our head on straight. Um, Next one here, Dynasty, Derek Henry in a second or Devonta Freeman? I think you're going to go with Freeman here. I don't know. You might have kind of, you know, just let the cat out of the
2: bag with uh, your favorite buy ever, I think. Necessarily. I mean, for the price and for what was returned, especially in 2015, he was a league winner in every format, no matter where you had him. So he's been a solid return since then, and he'll continue to be a solid return. But uh, this question is going to be fully team dependent. If you're an RB2 away from having the best team for the current year, then you go ahead and take Freeman. There's just a lot of unknown on Henry and how the touches are going to be divvied up in Tennessee. If you at all are rebuilding or kind of straddling the fence, I'm going to take the multiple assets here and the younger player and Henry in the second.
1: That's a good take. So, so sometimes these things aren't like a definitive. There's actually some gray area in there. Uh, That's
2: almost always, man. Almost always. Not according to Twitter. These questions are always asked in a vacuum.
1: (laughs) Exactly. All right, uh, TJ. What would be the name of your debut album? Uh, The Lemon Stand. (laughs) Uh. You got to give me more. What What's the Lemon Stand?
2: Uh, that's the, the chat for the Elite Lemonade League. It's everyone in it. It's our favorite league. And all 12 of us are super active in the chat. Yeah, I'm the commissioner of the league. Uh, they're, I'm going to forget one or two of them when I try to rattle them off real quick. And I'm sorry. Don't kill me. I'm the commissioner. Scott Barrett, Matt Thompson, John Proctor, Curtis Patrick, Mike Beers, Mike Garden Threat. Ben Gretch, uh, Foxtrot on Twitter. He doesn't like his name being out there. Uh, <laughs> Jersey Jen Ryan, Aaron it's, Butler. It, it's an elite group, though, right? I mean, that's why it's the
1: elite lemonade stand. So yes,
2: sir. Yes, sir. It, it is. The league isn't as famous as famous as it should be, but it's getting close. Oh, I'm sorry. Mark Hava is my last guy. Um, Megatron yep. F on Twitter.
1: My man, my man, absolutely. Yep. So okay, I'm going off script here. So one one person in the league to be the lead singer. Who's the lead singer?
2: Who We gotta have a female lead, so we'll go with John Ryan. There it is. You got you got a drummer? You're the drummer. Oh. I can be the drummer.
1: Who's who's on who's on bass? Who's a slapping the ba-
2: <laughs> We'll go Curtis Patrick on bass. <laughs> and we need a lead guitarist who's who's the, is that Scott Scott's got to be the lead guitarist right uh, i don't i don't know that Scott would have any musical talent i'll go <laughs> with Johnny <laughs> oh this is great this is great the elite uh the elite band
1: here we go we just formed the band uh, your your album is going to release in 5 weeks during nfl week 1 uh, here we go for a quick lightning round yes TJ, here we go. Better season, Gio Bernard or Duke Johnson?
2: Uh, give me Duke, but I'm not excited about either one. It's just too crowded in Cleveland and Mixon is a bell cow.
1: Chris Johnson or the aforementioned Royce Freeman? Did I say Chris Johnson? Uh, I'll take Chris, Chris Thompson? Thompson. Okay.
2: Yeah, Yeah, but we'll go CT. Yeah, Chris Thompson uh, is going to have a meaningful role, and he's very good at football. CT2K. Uh, Robert Woods or Calvin Benjamin? Yep. Uh, Give me Robert Woods. His role won't change much.
1: Josh Gordon or Marvin Jones?
2: This isn't even close. Don't put Josh Gordon and Marvin Jones in the same tier. We're talking about an absolute top elite tier ability level guy versus a Marvin Jones. This is so easily Josh Gordon.
1: And Troy Burton or OJ Howard?
2: Uh, We're going Trey Burton here as Nagy's tight end and O. J. Howard is far from a lock and maybe not even the favorite to lead his own team in tight end targets. Cameron is still great, I guess, right? Yeah, man. I mean they didn't re-sign him to not use him.
1: Fair enough. Take a favorite or popular movie, TJ, and change one letter in the title. What is the new plot and what's the movie about?
2: Uh we're gonna change Thor to Thought, and it's about female superheroes that use loose morals and nude pictures to temporarily distract evil villains until the real heroes arrive.
1: That is just so <laughs> wrong on so many levels. Oh right <laughs> <laughs> uh, jeez. Yeah, you know what we're just we're just gonna leave it there. We're just gonna leave it there. And it is this is this is why we do the show this is why we do the show all right dynasty how has the performance of the last 3 years changed if at all your approach to dynasty startups
2: uh long story short the running back position is relevant again there's been an influx of talent after a large spell of none so i guess in the past 3 years i'm changing that I'm willing to invest in the running back position when before it was just pretty straightforward wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there as well, right? Because, you know, we we clearly got a little slanted with the influx of wide receivers in 2014. But not only that, I mean, quite literally, not quite literally, literally, there was a pretty massive overhauling and rule change, which really, you know, impacted how they play the game, how they don't, you know... Uh, go for 50-50 balls as much as they used to. They're they're not trying to stop the clock as much, so there just isn't as high a demand for the what we knew to be the prototypical six four two twenty, six three two twenty 220, 220 type of guys, right? Now you just want to be able to get your guy into space, get him into space quick, and move the chains that way. So, you know, a lot of the scat backs come into play there. That's where a lot of these all-purpose backs are coming into play because they're, you know, to your, your point and just they're they're dealing with softer packages, nickel packages. So it's just the game has changed now, and a lot of these running backs are coming to fruition a little bit earlier. If you know, I still want to hang on to those wide receivers, right, TJ? Like the ones that you know are still going to be massively productive for the next five years. Like you still want to keep them close to the belt. Um, but yeah, it's just in terms of where they're getting the value from, it's like just pushing these running backs up the draft boards for the last 2 years
2: now. Yep. And I mean for good reason. You know, it's not like it's just a a shift in market because someone got bored. There there's a totally different landscape as far as running back production is going to go.
1: Yeah, and who knows? I mean, we we could swing back, right? I mean, everything is cyclical. We could be t- having this conversation 4 years from now in 2022. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 2022. Oh, I think it'll take at
2: least 4 years given what we got in the league right now. But, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, definitely definitely cyclical is a fair point. But yeah. uh, if we go back to 2015, man, what an outlier season as far as running back production goes. Devontae Freeman was the runaway RB1, and he was the only running back in the top 12 scorers. I mean, you can search high and low. You won't find a season like that or even that resembles it, and you never will again.
1: All right, here we go. Wrapping up here, your most successful hot take and, of course, your biggest whiff. Well, we'll leave DeAndre Smelter out of this one. I've got that one too.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's I don't know if it's even successful because it's still an argument, and I don't know why, but uh, I tried to warn everybody about the inevitable Mike Evans face plant when he doesn't have 500 more air yards than the second-highest guy, and that his inefficiency will never leave him, and that he's probably best suited and priced as a dynasty wide receiver too. So I don't know if I can fully claim victory on that, but uh, I think last year last year really uh, tipped the pendulum in the right direction. Yeah, see, and this is where I struggle because I clearly like
1: Michael Evans, and I bought in as a dynasty asset, right? But this is also kind of to piggyback on what we were just talking about. It's kind of like he is the prototypical big 1A wide receiver where you, you're getting your air yards through jump balls 50-50s, and 50-50s and just, you know, a more inefficient approach to the game as it's played now. So I I would have to air with you on the side. I think he is still being a little bit overvalued here, despite what I thought about him a couple years back. Um, but, I, you know, I, I also think that's just clearly based on how the game is played. I mean, that's that's also kind of hot takey there. I guess we're going to see the league play out for a
2: couple more years and see how it works. Uh, what about a whiff? A whiff last last year, man. I I, I thought Kamara was going to wash out of the league. I did not think <laughs> Alvin Kamara had an NFL skill set. Oh, man, what a miss that was
1: yeah you know i mean what we think about these guys coming into the team sometimes it just doesn't matter right like that's why we have a process we stick to it and sometimes the guys rise and 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 fall below that that baseline and then there's really nothing you can do about it you know you bang the table for a couple of them that that you really feel strongly about and at the same time others are going to make you make you go man what what the heck did i miss there and it's just you know, that's why the best rankers in this industry rank at about a, what, a 56% accuracy rate? Like, it just, that's what our business is. But that's why we do it, because we love doing it. Give us one last hot take for the 2018-2019 season.
2: Uh, Mark Tavis Bryant leads the Oakland Raiders in receiving. Sizzling! Is that a
1: hot take? <laughs> that, oh. Is that hot? <laughs> okay. See, I it's know it a not. little bit hot. It's just a little bit hot. Just a little bit <laughs> hot. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a flame emoji above my head right now. I like yes. them. I I do. I mean, I they, look. I, I like. How exposed are you going to be to Martavis Bryant in a weekly DFS scenario early in the season? Right. Like, pending that this is a a, uh, a fluke story, there's no year long suspension. I mean, you got to be
2: hitting that hard early DFS, right? What's his DK price? I need to know his price. I don't know it yet, but I, I mean, can, are we talking? Are we talking 3,400? Are we talking 4,900? I mean, where is he going to be priced? I feel like 4.5 is is where he's going to come out of the gates. Oh, so do you do you think Cooper then is over 6K and Jordy's over 5K? Yeah, Cooper Cooper's going to be
1: in that like right around 7K I think. 6.5 to 7K. Jordy's going to be in like that trusty 5.5 range. Like, you know what I mean? Like You're just going to look at him and go, yeah, I he's probably the cash game guy. But, again, we don't know the target distribution. But I would, you know, I think Brian could be one of those guys that, like, it just takes one pass, right? But we've been
2: saying that I for sure a year won't. for Cooper. So. <laughs> it's not that he could be. That's what he does, man. Yeah. He got one 50-yard target last year, and it was in the playoff game against Jacksonville, and look what he did with it. Ben can't push the ball down the field anymore. It's actually a sad thing for James Washington, who's going to be wasted for a little bit.
1: All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotovis podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. If you have any questions you want answered on the RB Mailbag, hit us up via email, rotovisradio at com, or on Twitter at rotovisradio. Use the hashtag RBMailbag. Uh, TJ, many thanks for carving out the time and coming on the show Everyone out there, if you heard a couple bumps and bruises along the way, it is like high time for my kids that they must they just have just had like freezy pops or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> Any last minute plugs?
2: You are following me on Twitter at TJ Calkins. Check out the best ball subscription over at PowerHourPod.com. Go ahead and get signed up for a monthly subscription at DynastyCommandCenter.com. Uh, you can find a link for 10% off. On my Twitter account. Uh, make sure you're getting your rankings and articles at football.com. And all things super flex, go to 2QBs.com. 2QB dccphpi
1: I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. We outcha. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to of his Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or of his Radio feed. Contact us via email, rootovisradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at of his Radio and at Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on his.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Love a good deal? Sale into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from 19.99, polos from 16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment get amazing offers during the mercedes-benz summer event like the 2019 c-class sedan and glc suv the perfect recipes of driving performance plus you can enjoy six months of serious xm all access included the mercedes-benz summer event now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles offers end september 3rd mercedes-benz the best or nothing nobody builds 5g like verizon builds 5g because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in america